Welcome to this special ProPass webinar series. We have started a collaboration with ProPass Consortium and are publishing their webinars in podcast format so more people can benefit from their useful content. In short, ProPass is an international research collaboration platform of cohorts using Taiwan accelerometry to explore the effects of physical activity, posture, and sleep patterns on a wide range of health outcomes. Without further ado, let's jump to ProPass webinar. Okay, everyone, welcome, welcome back. Now, our hopefully, hopefully you guys can hear me well. Our next speaker line is Associate Professor Kai Milton from East Anglia University. She is also the president of the International Society for Physical Activity and Health. So it is a is a real pleasure for us to have him talking to the consortium. So thank you very much, Karen. So just before we start, remember that we've got the uh, Q and A function. So if you have any question, we might have question time for one question in this particular session. Please post that particularly there in the in the function, and, and we will then read that one loud. So without further ado, Karen, the screen is yours. Many thanks uh, for the introduction. Hopefully you can see my slides and hear me okay. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for the invitation to be here. I think the ProPast conferences are always very enjoyable and insightful. And so far, this event is living up to expectations. So it's great for ISPA to be part of it. I'm going to be talking just for 10 minutes or so about the opportunities and challenges for a global partnership in physical activity, research and policy. And specifically, I'm talking about the partnership between ProPass and ISTA. So just in terms of context, it was in December 2021, so almost two years ago now, that ISPA and ProPass established a formal partnership. And the aim of establishing a uh, formal partnership was to advance understanding um, of the evidence for global and national guideline development on physical activity and sedentary behaviour. And specifically, we were keen to increase research capacity in low middle income countries. So with the guidelines in mind, it's worth just reminding everybody that public health guidelines are consensus statements on the dose-response relationship between physical activity and health. Most of the research used to inform public health guidelines and also clinical guidelines comes from prospective cohort studies. Due to the evidence that we have available, current physical activity guidelines are largely based on self-report data. They're based on data from high-income countries, and they're based on data from specific population groups. I'd like to focus on these three issues during my 10-minute slot. So firstly, moving from, from self-report evidence to device-based evidence, I think there are a range of opportunities in this area. Firstly, devices allow us to assess all or most accumulated activity. Uh, devices are providing evidence on the benefits of light intensity activity, which we previously didn't capture or we specifically overlooked when we were measuring via self-report. Devices are providing evidence on the health benefits of steps, and there's been some really useful discussion recently on the potential to have a step-based guideline in the future. Devices provide insights into the role of sporadic incidental activity. They allow us to explore patterns in which physical activity is accumulated. 
We're gaining much deeper insights into the joint associations between physical activity and sedentary behavior and also sleep. And we, we've already heard some of, some of those insights this morning. And obviously, uh, these sorts of device-based data provide the potential for data pooling and harmonization, which is exactly uh, what, what ProPass is spearheading. But there are a few challenges, device obviously not without limitation. We mustn't forget about muscle strength and balance activity. These are obviously important components of public health guidelines and physical activity guidelines. And as we move towards more device-based measurement, which we know doesn't capture these things particularly well, uh, we must be mindful of muscle strength and balance and how we're going to measure it moving forward. Domain is also important. We know a lot about the, the different associations between occupational physical activity and and health outcomes we know that the pattern or the the associations differ by domain uh, so if we lose that context when we move to devices uh, that that could be problematic for the interpretations that we make of the evidence a third point is relative intensity when we've relied on self-report we've asked people whether the activity was moderate for them as we move to devices we're going to be Assuming based on set cut points that an activity was moderate for different individuals, whereas that may not be the case. Finally, in terms of the challenges for this aspect, the self-report to devices, there's going to be a challenge when we're trying to combine these different sources of evidence when we create the next set of national or global physical activity guidelines. We've got a lot of data from self-report. We've got less from devices, but, but we're getting very different information. So we're going to have to try and somehow combine that evidence to come up with robust public health guidelines. In terms of the second issue, global representation of the evidence, there are a range of opportunities. I think the clearest kind of opportunity that we've got currently is the commitment that we've all expressed from the field to try and address the disparities. We've obviously heard the commitment from ProPass, there's commitment from ISPA. We've heard about the commitment from the ISPA's journal, JPAR, and also the WHO. We were establishing partnerships to try and combine ideas, skills, and resources, and I think this is really important. And we've also got access to more diverse funding streams. Many of the, many of the funding streams available are now recognizing the challenges with building the evidence base in low middle income countries and actually kind of supporting cross-country uh, collaborations. So I think this is an exciting opportunity. In terms of the challenges, there's loads. Funding is an obvious one. Capacity within low middle income countries to, to collect these data on the ground is another big one. Availability of devices is a challenge and related to that, how we get devices to these countries with issues with importing accelerometers and things like that. We haven't yet reached agreement on device placement and whether we all need to agree on that. And I'm interested to hear the discussion tomorrow on potentially harmonizing devices from different placements. There's obviously logistical challenges with distribution, especially if we need to distribute these devices in person, which we've heard can be hugely beneficial this morning. There's potential for sampling bias within um, device-based um, studies. Currently, we're mostly having to download data device by device, which is obviously quite labor-intensive. So establishing better systems for data extraction would be helpful. And also we need to move towards some standardized processing. And we've already heard about movement in that direction via ActiPass. 
In terms of the final issue that I want to briefly talk on, representativeness across different population groups, I'm specifically going to focus on disability because that was the the group that I was on when we developed the WHO physical activity guidelines a few years ago. Building on the work that Richard presented earlier on the review that was done for ProPass to look at how um, physical activity is being assessed in prospective and cross-sectional studies, we took ProPass searches and looked at how disability is being assessed within those studies. And we found that disability assessment is very patchy. There seems to be no agreement on how we define disability and how we assess disability. And I think ProPass moving forward as it establishes new cohorts and works out what we want to be measuring in those cohorts, I think there's an opportunity to do a much better job of measuring disability so that we can stop leaving this group behind and ensure they're well represented within the cohort studies. There are a few challenges in this regard. Firstly, we... um, typically had a reliance on a medical model. So we assess what chronic conditions people have got. We know that there's a lot of heterogeneity within chronic condition groups. Not all people that have got heart disease are the same. Not all people that have got cancer are the same. So we've done some work to try and better understand the associations between chronic conditions and impairments and which which elements of those chronic conditions and impairments are most strongly associated with physical activity participation. So you can expect some some new papers coming out on this topic pretty soon. And I think we need to reach consensus on what to measure and how when we're trying to measure um, disability and, and other studies on physical activity. Uh, so moving forward, ISPA is working to enhance its reach. We have reduced membership rates for low-income professionals and students to try and encourage engagement with the society. We've now established a low middle income country research council, which currently has 107 members. So we're really pleased about that new initiative. Last year, we had scholarships for low middle income country researchers to attend the ISPA Congress. And we hope to do that again for the upcoming Congress in Paris next year. We continue to try to build our links with the regional physical activity networks. And also ISPA News, which is our monthly newsletter is freely available to anybody, whether you're a member of ISPA or not. So hopefully if low income country people are unable to access membership, they can still keep up to date with all the latest developments. In terms of the, um, there's several initiatives under discussion. One is around a potential device repository so that we can kind of pull these devices together and distribute them to low income countries. Running capacity building courses to, to build capacity among researchers in low middle income countries and also knowledge translation activities um, su- such as this ProPlus conference. In terms of knowledge translation, um, I would just like to finish with a little plug to the ISPA Congress 2024. The Congress is being hosted by the French Society of Public Health and is co-sponsored by the WHO, which we're extremely grateful for. The title is Accelerating Policy and Practice to Ensure Physical Activity for All. Uh, The date has been changed. We've had to shift by a week. So the date of the conference is the 28th to the 31st of October. And abstracts open in around four weeks from now. I've been been in discussion with Manos about opportunities for different session formats uh, at 2024. uh, But we'd also invite abstracts from anybody that's interested in this type of work. Many thanks for your attention and 
yeah, I look forward to any questions if there's a quick question. Thank you. Thank you, Kapai. We've got one question. We actually got time for, for just one. So this comes from Anne-Marie Kose. It says, thank you very much for your presentation. Can you briefly mention sleep? Could you see sleep being part of future physical activity guidelines? I think it will be. Uh, we're obviously already seeing sleep being part of some guidelines. In Canada, for example, they've gone for this 24-hour approach. We decided not to look at sleep in the WHO guidelines, and there are a range of reasons for that, but I certainly think it will be considered when we're looking, I say we, I may not be involved, but when the leadership groups are looking at what will be included in the future, I think we certainly need to consider including sleep, and we now have a lot more evidence for sleep, so I, I think that will be a way that, that future guidelines go. Uh, thank you very much. I don't think we have time for more questions, but uh, handing over to Joe for the next session. Thank Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Researcher Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever app you're using. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be a great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes, so be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.